Blog Talk Radio. Hey everybody, Kaylin Patterson, Midwest Muscle P for P Real Talk in the house. P for P Real Talk with Desiree and Kaylin. And this program is sponsored by P for P Muscle, the number one drug free sponsorship foundation in the world. And if you are a drug free athlete and are looking for a solid foundation to stand on and a vehicle to drive your goals like a Mack truck through ice cream, check us out at P4PMuscle.com. And now let's talk. Oh, the joys of live radio. There's always something, and we always have fun doing it, but my goodness, it is always so much fun to go through the rigors of trying to get the show started. I can remember back in the day when I tried to get JB on during that lightning storm, and it was so bad, and he could hear me at some times, and I could hear him at some times, but we couldn't hear each other on the actual show. And it was just, uh, it's just one of those rumors, obviously, but it's just something that we have to go through. So, you know, thank you guys for tuning in, and I'm sorry for the delay in getting the sound going. Sometimes uh, in this uh, weather we've been having, uh, it tends to just block out some of the signal. So we can see that we're live, but we can't actually go live until it uh, gets a complete sound to go through. So thank you for bearing with us. Uh, Des is still not on the show yet. She has uh, things going on, and she'll be jumping in later. And our guest is uh, having some issues as well. So we will just do a recap, or I will do a recap, on what we've been doing so far, and hopefully we'll be able to get everybody in one place at the same time. So uh, thank you, I, it, it almost sounds like a broken record, but, uh, hey, it, it is what it is, and I'm glad we still have things to talk about, and I'm glad, glad that there's still a natural community to speak of. And one of the benefits of being into this sport is that you do know things ahead of time, and one of the things that's coming up this weekend is Brian McCabe's uh, posing seminar in Chicago at High Five Fitness. And if anybody is still wanting to compete or unaware of what it takes to compete, uh, he's it's a local show in the Midwest. Hi-Fi is uh, up in the Chicago region. And it's a nice venue, uh, plenty of space, so uh, don't worry about that. Uh, it's in the city, so, of course, you got to pay for parking. But uh, other than that, it should be a lot of fun to get things done and uh, have a lot of fun with the people there that are knowledgeable about what's going on and not the listen to give you any misinformation. Uh, Brian McCabe is a posing coach. He's also a coach in the gym with fitness and also with nutrition. He's very uh, passionate about what he does, and he's going to have a lot of top celebs there, natural celebrities there, that basically walk you through 
all the fears and worries about competing, especially if it's your first time. I know that's up there near Kim as well. So uh, it would be nice to have her along for the ride. And, well, just a lot of stuff going on. And hopefully everyone will be able to make it up there and we don't have any more of this winter weather that we've been trying to get away from. It seems to be uh, falling into place in the fall. (laughs) And I say that because that's a common joke that I do at the gym. I said when we set the hours ahead, we set it up in the fall and that we just missed spring and summer and we set the clocks too far ahead so I can put that on us and we made the mistake. I, I know that's not true, but it's just something that I wanted to say. <laughs> it's it's, uh, <laughs> it's kind of funny. Okay. Uh, I know there were some questions from last week and about the Tuesday show, and I know there were some things that were brought out about, uh, you know, doing, the, the you know, just basically covering all the information that we've had with, uh, you know, dealing with the signs and times that we live in. And a lot of people were were a little kind of vexed that we had taken that question when so many other questions could have been available. But I felt it was a legitimate question, and I, I felt it needed a legitimate answer, especially when you have people that are talking about the children and their families, because we are a family show. We, uh, we pride ourselves in that. And we like the fact that uh, children can ask questions to us. Their health and fitness should be a priority as well. They're the next generation. And if we're not uh, mindful of them, then they don't necessarily feel a need to be mindful of us. If we don't give the attention they crave, you've been a child. All of us listening have been children, and we crave that attention. And now we have the next generation that craves what we craved in our past. So if you didn't get it, you know, this is your chance to share what you might have missed. And if you did get it, then this is a chance to share what you were blessed with. So, you know, either way, you still have a chance to get out there and share with the next generation. Uh, Brian McCabe's posing seminar will be a good example of taking, you know, the family out to find out what mommy or daddy is planning in their future of competition or basically supporting a friend or family member and knowing a little bit more about what's going on before you go into the venue to support them so you know or have a background of what they're getting into and you understand that we're not insane. There's a there's an art to the madness, and there's something that we planned on doing, and it's not crazy, and we're not basically damaging, damaging our bodies in the process. And hopefully with all the available information that's out there, we'll have a better job of doing so. So with that, uh, oh, I'm sorry, Angela, it's a good question. Uh, what the, the, the topic was about being bullied in school and, you know, some of the ramifications, especially in this day and age where children are basically acting out in ways that, uh, you know, I guess the theme for it is right now that people didn't act out in the, in the past. And, you know, what... What can the person being bullied do other than attacking with weapons? And that's a that's a good question, but it's something it seems like everybody's got an answer. But if we're going to do one that deals with the problem, you'll find that it has a lot to do with the adult mentality. 
more so than a child's mentality because a child is basically reacting to what's being addressed in their present time and situation, home, school. Uh, Their worlds are very small, much smaller than an adult's because we have a more – we have a better understanding. We have a, a much more vast understanding of our surroundings. We're more aware of what's been happening for decades, not just years. And, you know, you got to go deeper than just wanting to talk about weapons. You have to go deeper than talking about just being bullied. We have to talk about the whole uh, moral standard of life and where we're going as adults because we're directing children that way. Uh, Des, are you here? I am. Oh, thank God I'm not alone now. <laughs> <laughs> Such an eerie feeling. <laughs> yes. Yes, it is. You've been there, and uh, I was there right now. Um, we still don't have our guest. Um, I, I guess something he yeah, I saw he had uh, perked in and then dropped off before he could respond. Um, I'm not sure what's going on, if he's traveling or or what. But I was dealing with one of the questions of, uh, you know, I think it was, yeah, I can't remember if it was Tuesday or Thursday. There's been so much that's happened in between, especially with the insanity of getting the show started. And (laughs) about the, the, what you know, why we chose, with all the questions that we get on the show, to tackle the topic of, you know, uh, school shootings, being bullied, and stuff like that. And I said, because we had a child, an actual child, that was with his mother listening, and, you know, all the things that we could have addressed, and I I just love how Chris had spoken directly to that child, and hopefully that made a difference, because, you know, one small step for saving a life is a big one and keeping people alive. So um, I don't know when our guest is going to be coming on, so I just basically stuck with that one. And and I was dealing, well, speaking on how it goes much deeper than just schools or guns. It's the the moral, mental compass of where this this has all been going. I mean, it was a direction that started, and you know, it starts from you know negative speaking, negative acting, and basically adults not behaving like adults. So children are left with basically trying to find their niche, and in doing so, they found a very I guess, corrupted and very negative and corrosive uh, ideology. And I'm not saying every child, but the ones that are going are really swinging a heck of a bad direction. And it doesn't seem like there's anyone there to stop that free fall. No, I mean, I would, I would have to agree with what you're saying. And, you know, I, People ask, is it a is it a gun issue? Is it a mental health issue? Is it this kind of issue? Is it a cultural issue? And you know, I honestly, it's probably all of the above. Yes. To be to be quite honest about it, there's there's no one thing that is going to fix this. There are several um, attributes that have come together to create the perfect storm for the environment that we're in right now. And, uh, yes. and you know, whether you swing that route or not, in my world, and part of that is also spiritual. And it's, it is a condition that we are living in. And I think it's going to take a lot of action on several different fronts 
to, to find a solution, especially if we're talking specifically about, you know, school shootings. Bullying, bullying has been happening forever. Bullying has been happening yeah. since the beginning of time. But it's gotten to such epic proportions because, you know, I don't know. I don't know if it's decay in the home life, in the family life, um, you know, it, the feeling of helplessness. They're not quite sure where, you know, to find release for the things that they're feeling. And so it manifests itself in picking on someone else. If there's a low self-esteem, is it anxiety, is it depression? I mean, I don't know. I don't have the answer for that. But all I know is that everything is occurring at 10 times the rate that has ever occurred before. And so now what do you do? You know, before a kid, if he bullied, maybe, you know, his mom or dad stepped in and they nipped it in the bud with a belt or a twitch, and that was that, unless the parent themselves were bully, and then, of course, they were just breeding bullies down the line. Um, You know, it really just is hard to say. It's hard to say. You know, if any of you have any better answers out there or thoughts or considerations, please do share, because obviously tonight is open mic. Tonight is open yes. mic, so well, I, I guess like we've got open open answers to open questions, so let us have it. I like that. Oh, my goodness, I like that. Uh, Tyler's got one, and uh, it's legit. I mean, it's, it's, it's a legit one, and he says he wants to know if it could be partly from the breakdown of the family dynamic. And he goes I on think to so. say, he, he goes on to say that it used to be his, well, his grandfather, He's still alive. He's he's about a hundred and oh my goodness, hundred four years old. Wow. Wow. Um, but he, yeah, he said he prided the grandfather prided himself on how well he took care of his his children, but his dad prides himself on how many hours he worked, and he says that he didn't really have much time for his children, being him, Tyler. And he says, so his big focus has been on making sure that he could pound his chest like his granddad and not his dad because he thinks that that's what pretty much helped the family breakdown is because men were more concerned with what they were bringing in instead of what they were coming into as far as the family. Yeah, no, Tyler, I mean, from my personal perspective, I – I agree. I think the family dynamic has a lot to do with it. I don't think it's 100% the reason behind it, but I do agree that it has a lot to do with it. And I also don't think that divorce has helped. I also don't think that it's harder and harder to earn a livable wage has helped. But, um, you know, and I'm going to say this, and there will be some of you who probably don't understand what I'm saying, so please don't um, get me totally wrong, but, you know, from my view, I think the American dream has done a lot to ruin the American family, and it's, and it's for a lot of the reasons that Tyler has just voiced. Um, we've been so, I don't know if it's consumed, obsessed, I'll say focused as parents in the last couple of generations in providing our kids with the things that we didn't have, not taking into account all the things that we did have that were the most important. We were so focused on providing them with things, um, good educations, this, that, and the next thing. And I get the education part of it. It's very important to me 
Um, it's an aspiration that I want my kids to pursue. But in, in trying to give our kids all of these things, um, we were so busy working, we didn't give them what they really needed. And then now throw in, on top of that divorce, throw in, you know, it's hard to come by a livable wage. Um, you know, health insurance is hard to have. I mean, you need more and more money just to live or survive, I'm going to say, not even live, or maybe live but not thrive. And so it's, um, it's just, a, it's just a, a hard equation to crack. But the family dynamic, I do believe, is a big part of that. And, you know, you always hear everybody say, well, we've got to get back to our roots. We've got to get back to our roots. And honestly, I'm, I'm not 100% sure how we do that. Kaylin? Well, you know, like you said, if we're going to be 100% on it, we have to take that spiritual aspect into the making. And, you know, our focus was supposed to be on community and helping and, and sharing and it seems like uh, the family dynamic suffered when we walked away from that because then you could basically do that in the home as well. You know, where, I mean, like you said, you have parents that can't really be parents. And I know that's not the role of, of uh, the people that, that didn't want children and stuff like that. I get that. That's the reason they didn't want children. But you have parents that did want to have families and all of a sudden the, the the big job in town, you know, shut down and that nice paycheck and that nice uh, pension and that nice health insurance went away. Well, now you have a broken um, family member, uh, whether it be patriarch or matriarch, and then you have uh, the children seeing that suffering and they take on that burden because they want to help, but they physically and mentally don't know how. And so, you know, there's a lot of there's a lot of negativity that creeps in to people that are in that area. And children aren't stupid. I mean, we we try to say like they don't know. They don't know everything, but they know something's not right. And until that fear is addressed, it just grows. I mean, if anybody's ever lived in fear, there is a constant strain on the mind because it it never and sleepless nights, um, you know, overeating, um, you know, acting out, saying things that basically a non-stressed mind would not say. And then you have children seeing that, and they start to parrot that mentality. And then it just increases because now, you know, the, the, the family member that didn't really like you basically has something to use against you, and they'll just keep beating on that, you know, like, oh, well, you can't keep a job anyway. I mean, there's a lot of things that, you know, you, by the there but by the grace of God, and there's that spiritual side of it, that, that a lot of minds are missed, and the people that can hold their peace and the people can hold their patience and the people can hold their wherewithal through that uh, source of stress and adversity find a way to help others. And if they're basically bogged down with that extra burden of working another job, then they can't do the outreach. There's so much that's missing because the family dynamic is missing. And a family dynamic doesn't just come with the, the direct family. There's friends, there's loved ones, there's coworkers. All these people share in positive energy if it's there. 
But then you have the other side where all the people sharing that negative energy, if it's there. I mean, if you notice, we're not talking about weapons, and we're not talking about schools. We're talking about the mental and moral breakdown of society. And, yeah. and, and children are the direct result of that breakdown because we have to deal with it with no true way of battling back until they get older. That's Nope. I mean, I think you covered it. And it's a difficult topic. We could talk ad, ad, ad nauseum <laughs> and uh, probably still not cover every aspect of it. Exactly. But the silver lining of this is exactly um, Tyler gave us that example. And he has made it his goal to be able to beat his chest about the kind yes. of parent that he is. And um, and so with that, what I'm saying is, if you know, there's only so many things we can control, and and ten times more things that we can't. So focus on what you can control. Do your best to make that a positive. And as part of that equation, you also have to focus on yourself. Being a parent, you have to make sure your health is in check, your spiritual health, your mental health, your physical health, all of those things. And once you have yourself not necessarily put together but on a right path, you'll be able to be that much more effective with your children if that is your goal to make your children first. And then, you know, by the grace of God, your children will grow, hopefully, to follow your example. Not all of them will, but if you get one out of two or even one out of three, you know, it's that one that's going to continue to make that difference if that's their decision. So, I mean, you know, focus on what you can control and the rest of it. As I say, you can't sweat the petty stuff and don't pet the sweaty stuff. You just got to leave it alone. Yeah. <laughs> Ew. Ew. Okay, we got Hashtag two more. Hashtag sweaty Betty. Okay, let's have it. Oh, my. Sheldon. Uh, I, I, <laughs> just just says, let it go. Are, Okay. Sheldon wants to know, are we corporate-minded and no longer family-minded? I'll let you answer that. I think we touched on that already. Yeah, I I think in many instances we are. We are. And I don't think, you know, in some instances it is purposely, but other instances I think it just happens out of necessity and families don't even understand what's happened to them. Mm Mm-hmm. So my two cents. You want me to jump in on that one? Yeah. Um, Yeah, jump in. Yeah. I think that, you know, when we started getting away from that um, secure job, that job that basically, you know, your dad worked at it and, you know, your grandfather worked and your great-grandfather worked, you know, you knew what to expect. And, you, you know, that part of life had been addressed. And it was basically families having block parties, you know, because you had first shift and you had those things that basically brought about family and familial attitudes and nature because people were interacting on a daily basis. And I remember, uh, like, if you messed up in the neighborhood, you hoped that so-and-so didn't see it or your next-door neighbor's parents didn't see it. Because, you know, that was a long ride or walk home because everyone was going to make sure you never did that again. And I can remember mm-hmm. um, in, in when, I, when I was in, in 
grade school and high school, that was the first time I heard a parent say, you can't speak to my child in this fashion. And I'm thinking if they're wrong, you know, why not? They're wrong. But, you know, my child doesn't do anything wrong. And I was thinking, you know, then that's when I started seeing the overprotective parent, uh, the one that basically couldn't control their job, couldn't control their relationship, but the one thing they could control was their child, so they thought. And, and like, it goes back to the, the moral and mental breakdown of the family because that security that was in the past is no more. And if we can get back to that uh, security in life, then you do have a more mentally stable individual, and they pass on that mental stability to the children. I, I mean, we, we have to acknowledge as as parents, as adults, as leaders, as role models, that we factor into these things, and much of what we say, think, act, and do is heard by children at the times we really don't want to be heard by children. And if we're not willing to put ourselves up on that pedestal like we do during the good times and acknowledge the bad times and the, the, the fallout that happens from it, then we, we, we're basically being the corporation of passing the buck. Because the family dynamic was the person admitting to what they've done, uh, dealing with the stresses, and then saying, you know, there's, we'll find a way through this because we're going to stick together. Not basically saying, you know, well, just close down the business and we'll move somewhere where we can try again. That doesn't work in family. It works in business, but it doesn't work in family because no matter where you go, it was, it was saying, there you are. And you can't run away from you. So if you're stuck with, with issues until they're addressed, you haven't. And, you know, I think like when we were talking to Brittany uh, Ramos, one of the things that we have to factor in also is the closing down of the, the mental institutions that help people get guide, guide, guide ways and pathways back to their uh, mental uh, dealings with stressors. It, it's it's a, like Deb said, it's Oh, my goodness, it's so much, it's so very much that's going on that, you know, people don't know, and they don't know how to deal with it. But if everything's breaking down, you know, you can't trash the car because the car is your mind and your body. You don't get another one. You have to deal with that. And as a society, if we're not dealing with people as people and not as, you know, throwaways, uh, you know, the car that doesn't run, the, the, the mixer that won't work anymore. You can't throw away people. And it seems that's what we've come to as a throwaway society where, you know, all right, we can't save them, so then just let them fall by the wayside. That's not how it works. The thing about people is they can move and they can live and they can find a way, but if they're broken and in the process, then that damaged goods basically goes to wherever they go, and then it starts over. Same thing with what's going on with these young, innocent minds that are being warped and tweaked, and they basically lash out in the worst way because they don't know any other way to go about it. Yes? Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. I've got uh, nothing to add to that one. Okay, here's one from Brenda. And she said she will acknowledge that the family dynamic is broken, and thank you for that, Brenda. But can it be salvaged? I think yes. 
one family at a time. I know, yeah. I don't. I don't know that you can address that globally because every family is different. Um, Their makeup is different. Their values are different. But, you know, with a concentrated effort, the family dynamic can be fixed. Um, Yes. And and I don't want to be doom and gloom because I'm saying, yes, it can be fixed. Now, you're going to come up against challenges in trying to fix it because there will always be those families who don't want to fix it. And because you're different than them or because you expose something about them that they don't like but they don't want to address, they will try to make you feel like you're doing something that is either inferior and or a waste of time. So you just have Mm -hmm. to be prepared to buck the trend if what you're doing is opposite of what the trend is. And I believe, you know, repairing the family dynamic is going against the trend at this point. Not in every family. There's a lot of good families out there that have it pulled together. So I'm not trying to say every family is broken. That that is that is not true. But you know, there's there are many, many, many that are when you consider that, you know, one in every two marriages ends in divorce and that picture is not any better among Christians. Um so, you know, even you can't have an unbroken family if you've experienced something like that. And it doesn't matter how well you weather the storm. Your family is no longer what it was intended to be. Um, But you can definitely heal and rise above and have productive and flourishing relationships beyond that. But, you know, to say you've gone through that and some part of you is not broken would not be realistic. But, you can, if you can admit the parts of you that are broken as a family, then you can definitely heal and grow beyond it. I do believe, Kalen. Yes, and uh, one of the things. Uh, let's go back to. Uh, we're going to take a couple of steps back and bring about the premise. The families that are working fine, this show isn't for you. <laughs> You're basically just getting to hear about how other families are broken and they're broken down. The premise is basically the people that are on the cusp of breaking, shooting, killing, all the negative things we see and hear, we're speaking to them right now. And the 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 family dynamic is never broken in some families. It's been held together by the the the, the, the basically the foundation was never cracked. So you did have mom and pop there, and if you did have mom and pop that didn't get along, they still communicated. And in that communication, they stayed a family. We're talking about the people that have basically been warped or twisted or manipulated into doing things they didn't think, uh, didn't understand, and basically have been abused until they can no longer take the abuse. We're not talking about people that were in in the secure home. Like the guy, like, oh, what was his name, Tyler? Yeah. Tyler was talking about how, you know, it it could have skipped a generation, but he brought it back because he saw where his uh, dad was going with the corporate mentality and no longer dealing with his family. And I've seen that where you have – you know, people that basically get lost in their work, they don't really get lost in their work. They just don't have the answer as the parent that they think they should or, or, or need 
to basically be that dad or mother in in the house. And so they basically hide away from it because maybe something in their childhood was missed as far as good parenting. So, you know, there's a lot of things that happen, but don't think that the family dynamic is broken because, you know, it's it's self-centered and as selfish-minded as Americans can be sometimes. It's not like that overseas where you have uh, the, 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 the patriarch and the matriarch going along doing just fine and not saying that they're they're better or anything, and I don't want any messages from you guys, okay? The international guys, it, it's not spreading hate. I'm just speaking to the American ideology of basically me first, and as long as we think that way, we're going to be missing out on a lot of good opportunities to learn from other countries and cultures. And in that process, we have many cultures in this country, but they've all been Americanized, and sometimes that's not a good thing because America is very corporatized, and if you don't think so, look at how the family dynamic has suffered. It would not suffer in that way if the family was considered premier, paramount, the main point in living. That's the God's honest truth because we have stepped away from that thinking and, and seen ourselves, like like Tyler said about beating our chest because of the hours we worked. Do we really think about the hours we're not away from family? It, it Shouldn't that be paramount? Shouldn't that be the first thing that, you know, the awakening day, how are my children, how's my wife, how's my husband? All these things factor in to what we take out of the house as to what we're doing in the home because the home is basically structured in our minds. If you look at a mother that's a mother, she'll be a mother to everybody's child because that's what's ingrained in her. Uh, she'll be helping with the, all the things that she knows at work because she's still a mother. That that doesn't go away because she walks away. A father is going to be a father. A, a good man is going to be a good man no matter what situation you put him in. So all these things are family-related. And if we keep looking toward the corporate kingdom to save us, then we're going to keep breaking down just like the companies that move overseas or basically divest themselves in other countries for profit, it, then where do we stand? Do we hold on to the values that hold families together, or do we hold on to the understanding that we can be corporate, and that's what divorce is. You know, you got a corporation that basically comes together, forms a monopoly, and see that they can work. And if it doesn't, then, hey, we'll go to another company and see if we can basically do a hostile takeover or we're going to basically go about uh, undermining it until you can get away in. And it's just, that's not family. It's not going to work. And, and, and we've seen time and time again where pensions have been hurt, uh, health insurance has been hurt, um, and basically it's uh, the crawdad or crab mentality of pulling each other down rather than speaking each other up. I, you can go on social media and see this right now. The same people that are saying kids shouldn't bully in school are speaking bullied tech terms to each other and you know the people that have been friends or gone to school or or even sometimes in the family itself the family dynamic itself are are speaking to each other with such vile and such vulgarity and such evil that you wonder if if these people even know each other anymore and basically with spending so much time apart that is a very valid question yes well you got it what else do we have? 
Okay, this one is, is coming. It? No, no, we we got one more, and it's a it's a good one because it, it says you know we we can't be as selfish as we're going. I'm sorry, my goodness, Deborah. <laughs> I am sorry, Deborah. I should have said your name first, and I apologize. Uh, she said we can't be everything for everyone, but we need to be everything for our children. I I I think that's worded perfectly. Yep. I mean, as much as possible, with the understanding, our children grow up to be individuals. Yes. But um, you know, as they get older, but in their younger years, as parents, we are their everything. Absolutely, they're everything. Okay, she added this, and this is a good point. Okay, so this is basically driving home. If we're pouring into our children, what, what, what do we contain in ourselves? So I think that's what you. Were I mean, you. Yep, and 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 your children will reflect what you pour into them. You know, up up to a certain degree. You know, just as the Bible said, you train a child. In the way that he should walk, and as well, I'm paraphrasing, it's not the exact same thing, and I don't have it memorized, but you know, as an adult, they will come back to what you teach them. I mean, and that's, I think that's the goal of most parents um, as they watch their children grow and mature. But, you know, it goes back to the point I was trying to make earlier, um, and that we, you know, as parents, as long as we continue to take care of ourselves and foster the behavior we hope to develop in our children, the odds of them mirroring that in their own lives is, is greatly heightened. And I think part of that also is, um, and this is probably a little different than what you might be expecting to this answer, but you also have to continue to develop yourself as an adult, as a parent, to to pull the best out of your children that you can. And then it's not, you know, forcing something on them and being demanding and placing high pressure on them, but just living by example and showing that, you know, you can always grow and that you can always blossom and it doesn't matter how old you may be. And that the fact that you're a parent doesn't mean that you don't have hopes and aspirations, that you don't have new goals, that there aren't new things that you're trying to pursue pursue that life isn't still an adventure and I think if you continue to feed that in yourself you will have your mindset and outlook on life that just infuses everything that you do and every example that you set before your children and I I, you know live vicariously if you want to through your kids, but I'd rather live alongside my kids in an adventure with just maybe a more mature perspective than what they have, but still living life as an adventure with them and just helping them blossom and have them being part of you blossoming through it all. And, um, you know, in, in, in that instance, your cup is never empty in pouring into your children, never empty, because you're, cause you're always full. So how could it ever be empty? And maybe that was a lot of rambling and totally off topic, but that's just how I see that one. I mean, you 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 know, sometimes I see parents that pour so much into their kids, which I'm not saying you shouldn't, but then when their kids go off to pursue their own lives and they're grown, they don't know what to do with themselves. 
they don't even really know themselves because for so many years they were such and such moms. I mean, you parents know what I'm talking about. And as soon as you have kids, you're no longer Kaylin or Desiree or Denise or Deborah or Mark. You're Natasha's mom. You're Franklin's mom. You're, you know, yeah. Anthony's dad. That's who you are. And that's your identity for many, 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 many years. And then all of a sudden when your kids are grown and they're trying to establish their own identity, all of a sudden you're looking around wondering who you are. And I think we still have a responsibility as adults to still be, you know, that good example for our kids so they know how to be, continue to be good examples for their kids in older years. I mean, I know our responsibility diminishes as they get older, but I think there's still a lot we could always continue to teach them even in their older years. And it's not until they are older and have kids of their own do they start to really look back and recognize how much they learn from us. Because that's where we are now looking at our aging parents. Oh, my gosh, look how much we've actually learned from them, and we didn't even know it. And I think I've gained more from my mom in my adult years than I probably did. I don't know more, but I will say as much from my mother in my adult years as I did in my younger years. (laughs) <laughs> you listen better. <laughs> I, mm, I, I, we do. I, yeah, but because I, I, our pastor says it all the time, he said it's amazing how much smarter our parents got as we got older. <laughs> and I, I said, know. Yeah. isn't that the truth? Yes, that's because that is true. Because it's like they didn't know nothing when we were kids, and now we realize, oh, they knew everything that they were trying to tell us, and they knew it quite well. And I, I'm really happy that people are seeing um, the positive on this because, I, I, like you said, I sure didn't want this to go to doom and gloom because it, it is it, it, it's 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 not a bright time, but it's not the darkest of nights either. This is something that we as Americans need to be more family oriented in the concern of the second cousin, the third cousin, and the fourth cousin that you never met. But you, you should still treat them and address them like family. And in, and in in that family dynamic, that's where we would be if we were truly in a family-oriented sense of mind. Um, we we It can be fixed. Um, like I said, I've, I've been overseas. I've seen other countries and cultures. And I was just in love with how, you know, I, like I remember going overseas and seeing – uh, teenagers drinking and not getting drunk. They were just drinking because it was part of the culture. And, you know, when I came back here and I said that, you know, Americans were horrified. What? They can't do those things, you know? And I'm thinking, well, they're not abusing it. It was never done to be abused. It was just part of the, the family dynamic. You know, you sit down, you, you, you have a glass of wine, and they would go to bed. It's not. I'm not saying that's what. I, that's what's going to fix the the, the 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 societal woes. But I'm saying if we if we don't address us as us, and it's always us or them, then that's not family, because family is together and they find a way. And this country is the United States. We 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 are not individual countries and cultures, even though that's what we're made up of. We are still a United States, and until we start acting as a United States, then our children will be divided as well because they they are basically 
the second tier of bad information if we're spilling out nothing but hatred, uh, anger, fear, and uh, doubt, worry. All these things consume children just like they consume parents. And if we pour into that, you know, trying to keep them children as long as you can, then they don't grow, and we stifle them. But because we're stifling them, they will grow a hatred toward the very person that's supposed to be protecting them. So it's a lot that needs to happen, and I, I thank you guys for, you know, all the, the stuff you said. Um, Des, did you get what Ingrid said? I'm sorry, I did not. Okay. Well, I'm, I'm going to read that, and then uh, we'll, we'll we'll let this be the last one for the day. Uh, Ingrid said okay. this is that no parent will lose themselves and their children, and no parent will get lost because of their children. It can only be from the parent that never wanted to be a mom or dad that basically tries to appease the child with no intent of being a mother or dad. Um, that's an opinion, Ingrid. I, I, I would say there's a lot of factors that have to go in there, but that is a good point. Uh, Des, your thoughts? Um, I mean, yeah. I mean, there's there's a lot there and definitely a lot to be considered. Um, and I would really just have to think on that one and, and, and break it down. I'm not saying angering that it's wrong by any point, but part of having a conversation is listen, and listening is being able to thoughtfully respond to and decipher yes. and consider different viewpoints that are shared with you. Um, and, you know, that's a hard, hard, hard one because for me, just from the standpoint, it's hard for me to to determine when I see parents, which of them truly in their heart wanted to be a parent and those who didn't but wound up being a parent anyway. In some instances, it's very obvious. Other, not so much. Um, they may have desired to be a parent. They just didn't have the right tools to be a good parent or didn't know how to get the information they needed because they never had the right example. And I think mm-hmm. that is, is part of the issue that plays into the challenge that we're talking about today. And, you know, it's one thing to be able to find a book and read it and say, okay, this is what it means to be a good parent. But it's another yeah. when you don't have that mentor or have an example of some sort that can be there and so you can ask questions and, you know, and get it figured out because you know what? Kids don't come with manuals. Husbands don't come with manuals. Wives don't come with manuals. It's sometimes it's just plain wisdom that even helps you get through whatever obstacle you're facing. And that wisdom has to come from, you know, someone wiser than what you are. Um, So, I, you know, I don't know. I just have to think more about that one, but I appreciate you sharing and giving me something more to consider in this conversation that we've been having. I, I tell you what, Dave and I will give that one some thought, and we'll, before we start Thursday's show, before we get into full swing, we'll address that one. Because that, that that's very thought-provoking, like Dave said, and it's it's a good it's a good it's a good point. I mean, I, I understand that it's opinionated because there are the different factors in children and no child is the same and no parent is the same. And I know that, you know, children are, are having children, 
So that plays a factor. Yes. And, uh, you know, some people still are, are, I mean, you have teenage girls that are having two and three children, and they're still children themselves. So, you know, they're, they're, there's that family dynamic again. And with parents that can't be parents because they're doing two or three jobs and saying statements like, I have another mouth to feed in front of the child that's raising the child, you know, there, there's there's so much that goes into this. And it, it's like, you know, you have the broken wheel and then basically it's you, it's gone flat and now there's no tread on it. So now you're burning up rim and then you're going to burn up rim and then you're going to get down to the, the, the nub of it and then the car is not going to function at all. So, you know, do we fix the flat? Do we fix the do we fix the car? I mean, like Dad said, there's, there's a lot to go into that, and we'll basically address that one uh, a little bit deeper and better. So, you know, we're not doing a teaser, and we're not uh, basically leaving you guys hanging. That is a very that's a very good question. I mean, it, and it does it, it demands a, a proper response. I mean, I will always uh, go back to the spirituality of it where when you don't know, God does, and if you depend on him, he'll provide an answer. But there's children out there that really don't know about God because their parents didn't teach him, because their parents didn't teach them, and because their parents. So you have generational gaps in that spiritual foundation. So that's a struggle for some, uh, for many. Uh, There's a lot of people that go to church and say, I went to church all my life, and they never learned anything about God, but they know a lot about church. Who is the true Savior, the church or God? We, we we have to factor these things in. I mean, we have now, you know, like it's a person that uh, he went to a bigger church and felt, you know, he was okay with God until he had to get down to actual doing the scriptures, and he realized that, you know, without his homeschooling, which is basically taking our homework, our Bible, home with us and reading about it for ourselves, there was a lot of scripture that was basically not read because you can come from one scripture and it could be very misleading if you don't have a reference to where that scripture came from. So there's a lot of things that we don't do personally, uh, don't do enough to acknowledge the God we serve by serving him with the intent to actually do service. Uh, Reading your word isn't enough if you don't become a doer of it. And, you know, there's a lot of things that go on the spiritual side of what he was saying. So we will give that more time. Uh, I, I think that's a good question, uh, a very good point. And uh, I'll read it again for anybody that might have missed it. She says that no parent will lose themselves in their children. Just so you guys understand, she's not bashing children. She's not bashing parents. She's just pointing out something that can be addressed for all of us to think about. And I'll, I'll, uh-oh, i got to make this quick. And it says that no parent will lose themselves in their children and will not get lost because of their children. Basically, they won't lose themselves by addressing their children. So that's a good one to think about. We'll end it on that. Des, I'll let you take us home. All right, guys. Thanks so much. Who knew how good open mic could be? Only with listeners like you guys. So on behalf of Kaylin, myself, and the boys of P4P Muscle, your body is a temple, so let's build it. With Snickerdoodle.